Hi, this is Philip Holland, host of Hope for the Day. I'm so excited that you are listening and you have this to look forward to from today's message. But when you go your own way and you do your own thing, there comes this point at which God says, okay, I'm ringing the bell. I'm sounding the alarm. You've gone a little too far. You've done a little too much and you need to get back on track. And so he grabs a hold of these brothers and they're finally in this moment of great distress. And the text was we'll come to in a moment will tell us that they finally realize that God is doing something there. Galatians 6 tells us this, do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever one sows, he also will reap. Welcome to Hope for the Day with Pastor Philip Holland. Throughout history, people have longed to understand what God's will is for their life. We often struggle with difficult questions and decisions related to our families, careers, our hopes and dreams, and our futures. Sometimes when faced with challenges and hardships in life, our faith can be tested and it becomes hard to understand what God wants us to do. Fortunately for us, the Bible offers many great lessons and encouragement to help us through these difficult times. One great example can be found in the life of Joseph. In this sermon series, we'll be examining the life of Joseph in the book of Genesis to uncover the main theme of God's faithfulness even when life doesn't go our way. Please enjoy the message. This particular passage of scriptures, they said something supernatural is going on here. That these men have not quite had the heart change take place that they need to have take place. These men indeed are selfish and they are focused on themselves and they have hurt people in the past and that what needs to happen in them has not had taken place yet and so God is going to now use Joseph to make sure that it does. And so Joseph said to them, you are spies. You have come to see where our land is unprotected. And so again, he's coming down very harshly on them. I'll read to you one commentator, Robert Candlish. He said this, that if Joseph had been left to himself, he would have revealed himself in a moment, but he was restrained by God who was using Joseph for the salvation. God was using Joseph for the salvation of his brothers. And so we come back into the text where they are accused of being spies. No, my Lord, they answered, your servants have come to buy food. We are all sons of one man. Your servants are honest men. So they're pleading their integrity to him. No, he said to them, you've come to see where our land is unprotected. That they've come for food. They've come for life. We see this on our borders. You go down to Mexico and there's many, many people coming into America. Many of them are indeed coming because they are looking for opportunity. They're looking for hope. They're looking for a place where, where their children can have a brighter future than the countries they've been in. That is absolutely a real thing. But there are also people that are coming in with unsavory motives as well. People that want to hurt people. People that are indeed trying to disrupt some of the tranquility and some of the peace, little bit of it that we have left here in our country. That is a real thing. So this isn't unfathomable for Joseph to make these accusations. And so he's running with the storyline. They go on, these honest men, your servants were 12 brothers, the son of one man who lived in the land of Canaan. The youngest is now with our father, but one is no more, not realizing that the one they're talking about is standing right in front of him. And why didn't they realize? Well, like the song says, Joseph was a man who looked like an Egyptian. He walked like an Egyptian. He talked like an Egyptian. You know what I'm saying. Maybe you go back and listen to the song. But Joseph, that was a very real thing. They did not recognize him. 
And so Joseph said to them, it is just as I told you, you are spies. And this is how you will be tested. As surely as Pharaoh Lee lives, you will not leave this place unless your youngest brother comes here, the one that your father wouldn't let you bring. Why does he do that? Well, it's been a long time. I think he wants to see if his brothers have changed a little bit. Obviously, they're bowing down before him. That was something that they wouldn't have done a long time ago. But I think the main reason, Joseph wants to know if they treated Benjamin the way that they treated him. Yeah, you saw how Joseph's sitting there. He's like, I I saw how my dad favored me and, and how much you resented that. You sold me into slavery. You better hope you didn't do that to Benjamin. He's like, you gotta bring him. You gotta bring him here if you want me to trust you. What God is doing in this moment as he gets these brothers' attention is God is using a very challenging authority in their lives to shake them up. You often will have to deal with people that have authority in your life, different areas of your life, or maybe all of your life for that matter. And that challenging authority is not necessarily somebody who God is allowing into your life to oppress you. It's somebody that God is allowing into your life to realize, to point you towards the fact that he is the one that you need to serve and he is the one that you ultimately need to trust in. And so in this moment, the brothers are being shaken by this challenging authority in their life, the one who literally holds their life in his hands. First Peter chapter two tells us this, be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants for God. And so the men, these brothers are shaken. And so Joseph threatens them and he puts them in prison for three days. And on the third day, verse 18, Joseph said to them, do this and you will live for I, he says, I fear God. When you have a, a challenging authority figure in your life, somebody that's shaking you, it's getting your attention, it's leading you to the Lord. What you realize in that moment is, is that is not the person to fear. It's like the 17th century hymn that says, fear God, you saints, and you will have nothing else to fear. And so Joseph pulls them out of the prison. He says, if you are honest men, let one of your brothers stay here in prison while the rest of you go and take grain back to your starving households. But you must bring your youngest brother to me so that your words may be verified and that you may not die. This they proceeded to do. I mean, truthfully, this, this story is so action-packed with tension and, and a variety of different dynamics. I mean, I could just read the story to you. This is incredible. And this is what they proceeded to do. So they said to one another, surely we're being punished because of our brother. We saw how distressed he was when he pleaded with us for his life, but we would not listen. And that's why this distress has come upon us. Do you see the change that's taking place here now? That these, that these men who were selfish and they sold their brother off into slavery, they're finally being honest. The crisis, the conscience. Now, now this, again, this authority figure. They are so shaken The the alarm has been sounded so loud that they're finally being honest with themselves. 
and not telling the same old story that they've always told of the one who is no more. Now they're finally telling the story of this is probably happening to us because of everything that we did. And Reuben replied, didn't I tell you that to not sin against the boy, but you wouldn't listen. Now we must give an accounting for his blood. They did not realize that Joseph could understand them since he was using an interpreter. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. Our mission is to offer you hope through Christ-centered biblical preaching. We certainly hope that this broadcast is doing just that for you today. You might not know this, but each of these sermons are recorded live at Valley View Christian Church in the Denver metropolitan area. If you live in the city, we'd love to meet you in person. We offer Sunday services at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. We have programming for children of all ages, dynamic worship, plenty of opportunities to get connected beyond Sundays, outreach initiatives, and much, much more. Do you want to know why we do all that we do? Because so much of our church leadership has had their life changed at a local church. Because it's here that we met Jesus and he changed our lives. And we want Jesus to change your life as well. So attend a service at Valley View Christian Church. We would love to meet you personally. We're located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85 Santa Fe. You can go to our church's website, valleyviewcc.com, for more information. And again, those Sunday service times are at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. Now let's get back to our program. They have what's known as a retribution to thought, theology perspective. And you might even say it's karma at this point because they haven't even quite gotten to God yet. But they believe that they are being punished for the things that they have done. I don't know if any of you, it's similar to a movie that came out long ago, and I don't know if any of you have seen this. Many of you probably have, but it's a popular trilogy from years ago, the Godfather trilogy. Definitely some classic movies in there, but, but the, and I haven't seen it for years, but, but several years ago I did watch it. And the main plot line is Michael Corleone becomes the Don of this family, but he has this brother who is a bit gullible, incompetent, and, and gets compromised, Fredo. And so Fredo ultimately betrays his brother to the extent that Michael Corleone actually kills him. He does a bait and switch. He uses one of his kids to get Fredo to come to the house. Ultimately, the kid will always resent him for that, and he kills his brother. Now, you fast forward many years later, the third godfather comes out. Not nearly as good as the first two, for those of you keeping score, but anyway, it does wrap up the storyline a little bit. At any rate, the third one comes out, and you see all this trouble and turmoil in the family, and, and Corleone doesn't have, really have a relationship with his son anymore. and It's just awful. And he goes to church one day and he goes into the confession booth as he's a Catholic and he confesses to the priest. All this trouble, all this pain that's happening in my life, it's happening because I killed my mother's son. I killed my brother. And these brothers are coming to that same realization they're shaking, they're broken, they're hurting, and they're saying all of this distress is coming upon us because of the distress that we caused Joseph so many years ago. There are consequences that come along with our actions. And these consequences, well, God will use to get our attention. And we've got to understand, God is not getting even. 
But again, God is trying to draw us back to him. It reminds me of a story a friend, a pastor friend of mine told me several years ago. A married couple in his church call him over to their house. They're having some issues. And it was a pretty tense moment. And so he walks into the situation and the husband's a bit indifferent. He's frustrated. He's mad that the pastor's at the house and the wife is, she's sobbing, she's crying. Clearly something, he has probably done something to her. And then the story comes out and the husband has had this subscription that she just found on the credit card to these pornographic websites and she's just absolutely just torn up about it understandably so and she's in tears and he's mad and he's frustrated and and so he tells his side and then she tells her side and and then my friend just says you know what this is a very extreme situation and you need to have an extreme response you want to get this thing right here's what you need to do you need to get rid of all the screens in your house get rid of them all just get rid of your tv your computers get rid of your servers get rid of the router get rid of your internet get rid of your cable well the guy just is absolutely indignant he's like no way i'm not getting rid of any of this stuff that's too so ridiculous that's so extreme and my friend's like okay well that's fine you don't i mean that's just what i'm telling you i think you should do so my friend leaves the house and and on his way out they were out in the country on his way out there was this little shower that came came on his car and, and he said he remembered that because it was kind of a dirt road and he was thinking that the water from the rain would get on his car. You know, his car gets dirty. He's like, oh, I'm about to wash my car. Well, anyway, the next day at church, he walks into the worship center and the guy is there. He's there. And they walk right by each other. And so my friend walks in, the guy walks by, my friend says hi. The guy says hi to him. I guess he goes off to the restroom. And so then my friend goes over to the guy's wife. And he says, yeah. he said, your husband's here. You're here. This is great. Is everything okay? And she's like, yeah, it's great. And he says, did, did anything I say helped? And she's like, no, not, not really. You know, you know, that's kind of my life. It just doesn't, you know, it's just how it goes. But she's like, no. He said, well, what happened then? And he said, you know that, you know that big storm that came through yesterday? And my friend's like, no, I mean, there was a little bit of a rain shower, but not a big storm. She said, no, no, it was huge, big lightning storm, thunder, lightning, our house was shaking and our house got struck by lightning. And my friend's like, whoa, is everything okay? And she's like, yeah, it's great. And she said, they didn't think catch on fire. And she's like, uh, no, kind of. Well, she said, here's what happened. The house gets struck by lightning. Everybody's fine. But all of our internet and our servers and our computers are completely fried. Everything, it's out, it's all gone. And, and my friend said, he's laughing. He said, do you think God is trying to tell you something? And she said, yes, absolutely. And so does my husband. He's just glad the lightning didn't strike him. <laughs> True story. But when you go your own way and you do your own thing, there comes this point at which God says, okay, I'm ringing the bell. I'm sounding the alarm. You've gone a little too far. You've done a little too much and you need to get back on track. And so he grabs a hold of these brothers and they're finally in this moment of great distress. And the text, as we'll come to in a moment, will tell us that they finally realize that God is doing something there. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. I hope that this message has been an encouragement to you. I know that it has been to others. You see, it is through the generous contributions of people like you 
that this ministry can thrive and get God's truth out into the world. I recently received a card from someone who said, thank you for these messages on Hope for the Day. They are encouraging and refreshing as we get the opportunity to hear biblically-centered teaching that continually points people to Christ. And that is just one of several notes that we have received of those who appreciate the teaching here at Hope for the Day. If you'd like to become a partner of ours, just go to Valley View Christian Church's website at valleyviewcc.com. It's there that you can click on the Give tab, and then you can designate your gift to go to the Hope for the Day ministry. And we would love it if you would partner with us in this way, and I know many others would as well. If you are in the Denver metropolitan area, We wouldn't want you to just be a supporter of ours. We want you to attend one of our services in person to be a part of the experience that we have here at Valley View Christian Church. We offer three service times on Sunday at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. And it's at each one of these services that we record the messages that you hear here on Hope for the Day. Now let's get back to today's broadcast. Galatians 6 tells us this, do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever one sows, he also will reap. And the brothers are going to come to this realization. He turned away from them, Joseph, and began to weep. But then he came back and he spoke to them again. He had Simeon taken from them, bound before their eyes. And Joseph gave orders to fill their bags with grain and to put each other, put each man's silver back in the sack and to give them provisions for their journey. And so this is a, this is a bit of generosity. This is graciousness. They aren't going to see it like that, but that's what it is. And after this was done for them, they loaded the grain on their donkeys and left. At the place where they stopped for the night, one of them opened the sack to get feed for his donkey, and he saw the silver in the mouth of the sack. My silver has been returned, he said to his brother. Here it is in my sack. Their hearts sank, and they returned to each other with trembling and said, what is this that God has done to us? This is the first place in the story that the brothers acknowledge God. That's a long way from where they were when they sold Joseph off into slavery. But now, as they've gone along this path, God's gotten a hold of them in a way that they're saying, what has God done to us? It's amazing that you can be so out of sorts and so off kilter that even when God gives you grace and mercy and generosity into your life, as he does for all of us, we can come to us and we don't even know how to interpret it. And, and the brothers are like, ah, God, what has he done to us? And so when they came to their father, Jacob, who is not in a much better place, and God has a work to do in his heart as well still, in the land of Canaan, they told him all that had happened to them. The man who is Lord over the land, referring to Joseph, spoke harshly to us and treated us as though we were spying on the land. But we said to him, we are honest men. We are not spies. We were 12 brothers, sons of one father. One is no more. And the youngest is now with the father in Canaan. Then the man who is Lord over the land said to us, this is how I will know whether you are honest men. Leave one of your brothers here with me and take the food for your starving household and go. But bring your youngest brother to me so I will know that you are not spies, but honest men. And then I will give your brother back to you and you can trade in the land. And as they were emptying their sacks, there in each man's sack was the pouch of silver. And when they and their father saw the money pouches, they were frightened. Their father Jacob said to them, you have deprived me of children. 
Joseph is no more. Simeon is no more. Now you want to take Benjamin. Everything is against me. I mean, he is a baby. He is whining, and, and he just doesn't know how to process. Certainly, he's been through a lot, but God's trying to get a hold of him, too, because he has a heart change that needs to take place. Jacob is legitimately one of the easiest people in the Bible to dislike that God still loves and uses. And so he's in this place. Everything is seemingly lost. And then Reuben steps up. He's inept. His suggestion is ridiculous. It's a bit insane. He says this, you may put both of my sons to death if I do not bring him, Benjamin, back to you. Entrust him to my care and I will bring him back. Reuben has come so far. Reuben's the man, if you read in earlier chapters in Genesis, he slept with his father's concubine. He's also the man who wanted uh, Joseph to, to be put in the cistern so he could get back in good favor with his father to be, be known again as, the, as the, the firstborn, the first son, to get all the privileges of that. Reuben is not a good man, but, but, but he's come to this place where God has finally gotten a hold of him, and he's at a point where he's even, as ridiculous as it sounds, he's even willing to say, if I don't bring Benjamin back to you, you can take my son's lives. That's how serious I am about helping our family, about loving all of you, about making amends. But Jacob said, my son will not go down there with you. His brother is dead. He's the only one left. If harm comes to him on the journey you are taking, you will bring my gray head down to the grave in sorrow. And so that's where we were left, in Canaan. Jacob won't let Benjamin go. What's going to happen? Well, you got to come back next week find out. Seriously, you do got to come back next week. <laughs> but God does grab a hold of their hearts in this moment, and growth is beginning to happen. Change is beginning to happen, and Jacob still has to get dealt with in this situation as well. But you look at this family, and you got to wonder, why on earth are you using these people, God, I mean, last time I checked, I don't know anybody who's an Ammonite, a Jebusite, a Canaanite. I don't know any of those kind of people. But I sure do know some people who are Israelites and who come from that, 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 that heritage, that come from that race. Why is that? It's because God still has a plan for them. He does. And why does he have that plan? Because of how great they are, because of how numerous they are, because how smart they are. Isn't that what we think? Oh, God, you got to use me. I'm just so, so driven. Got it all together. No. Deuteronomy 7 tells us, why did you ever choose this messed up dysfunctional family? The Lord did not set his affection on you, Israel, and choose you because you were more numerous, more intelligent, more wealthy than the other people's. For you are the fewest of all the people. You are the least of them. The Lord did it because he loved you. He loved you just because he loved you. And you, you know this because you want to hear that from your spouse. You want to hear that your spouse just loves you because they love you. Not be, they, you don't want to hear, I love you because you're beautiful. Because you know beauty fades. And you don't want to hear, I love you because you're successful. Because you know success can be taken away. It's just an I love you because I love you because you said I do. That is like at the heart of what we have in Christ. 
that God loved all of us, not because we were so numerous and so special, it's because we weren't. In fact, he gave us Jesus because we were so broken and lost and needing of hope, a hope that wouldn't disappoint. And so we're gonna have this time of communion now where we can reflect on the fact that he displayed his love in Jesus to you because you too and I too needed to have that kind of heart change that these brothers of Joseph are going through. A heart change that's gonna take them from being scoundrels that would sell their brother off into slavery, ultimately to having their names honored on gates in heaven. Wow. And it was all because of the love that God displayed for them just because he loved them. So as you come into this time of communion now, reflect on the sacrifice that Jesus made for you, not because of how good you are, because how good I am, but because how bad I am. And that God demonstrates his own love for us in this and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Have this moment of reflection and then our team will lead us in just a couple more worship songs. Well, unfortunately, we have to bring today's message to a close. But my hope is that the word that was spoken was an encouragement to you. That's always our hope here at Hope for the Day. Did you know that these messages are recorded at Valley View Christian Church every Sunday? And if you're here in the Denver metropolitan area, we'd love to have you attend one of our Sunday services at Valley View Christian Church. We have Sunday service times at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. And we'd love to have you come and attend one of those services and be with us. And I, Pastor Philip Holland, would love to meet you in person. And also remember that the Hope for the Day broadcast is available on your favorite podcast provider. So we look forward to having you again with us on Hope for the Day.